The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing good, Dano. Hey, I know a lot of you ask me about um, stem cells because I have really horrible osteoarthritis. Uh, I get a lot of questions and emails about it. Um, my doctor's Dr. Mark Berman out in Beverly Hills. And just a note for you all, and I'll keep you updated. You know I had the injections, my own stem cells injected yeah. into my arthritic left shoulder, uh, left knee, and my right elbow, and the results have been amazing. So I get a lot of emails on it. I'll answer you all right now. The, I, I can't describe to you enough how miraculous uh, the results have been. I mean, my those joints feel like almost new again. Um Again, it's Dr. Mark Berman in Beverly Hills. A lot of people ask me about that. If you look him up and just put stem cells, he comes right up. He's at the Stem Cell Network. Um, but I've had some, unfortunately, folks, some bring this up because I do. I get a lot of questions on this. Some more damage. I have a rotator cuff tear now in my right shoulder, for those of you who listen to the show. And I retore my meniscus in my left knee that was formerly treated. And nothing to do with stem cells. I just, you know, retore it because I'm me and I'm a maniac. Um, and my left elbow is now degenerating as well so i'm out i'm going out to dr berman's in a couple of weeks to get more stem cells and i will let you know how that goes as well um because if that works uh this guy has single-handedly rejuvenated my <laughs> entire body so my joe remember the what is it the six million dollar man yeah. we can rebuild him we yeah. can rebuild that berman never said that but i'm going to suggest he says that when i go out there then he gets together with his people and we get very dramatic we can rebuild him well, and they take like really dramatic pictures and stuff, and put the six million dollar man thing in the background. What do you think? I don't know. As long as he doesn't go, it's alive. It's like Frankenstein, <laughs> yeah. right? It's, uh, th- he should do that too. Uh, yeah. He should do it like Young Frankenstein. That was that, that Gene Wilder <laughs> yeah. or something in that movie. Yeah, he's that's what he, that's what he should do. <laughs> oh, folks, we got a lot to talk about today. So Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire. He has a piece of the Daily Wire. It's going to be in the show notes, folks. Please read it. I know I say this every day, but the show notes. But I really put a lot of work into five or six articles every day that I think will sum up everything you need to know to fight the good fight out there for activism. This is one of them today. It's a Ben Shapiro piece of the Daily Wire. Be available at my show notes at Bongino.com or if you join my email list, as always, I will send it right to your email box. And it is an incredible piece. It's very short. It's very sweet. It's very to the point. But he hits on something, Joe, you and I have discussed often. Again, we don't have a lot of proprietary ideas. We don't need them. We just need good ideas. And here's the gist of the piece, folks. I'm an activist at heart. I've been engaged all day yesterday and today in a fight with Media Matters because they're trying to get Hannity off the air. And I've been exposing this guy, Angelo Curazon, who is a known anti-Semite and racist who runs. Yes, I just said that right. He runs a left-leaning organization in Media Matters. He's a racist. Okay, his an article showing his racism on a former blog from the Daily Caller. I've been tweeting out all day. If you'd be kind enough to retweet it, it's been retweeted 4000 plus times now Hmm. exposing this guy. Right. So Shapiro's piece, Joe, is great because it says what we've been saying for a while as, as well. That we have to fight back, folks, and the days of let me let me let me do this right. Okay, this is important. We're we're in a fight here. A real fight. I I don't want to be hyperbolic or dramatic, Mm -hmm. but we're in a real fight for our existence. I had a long conversation with a very well-respected former military lieutenant general this morning who is a friend of mine about this very issue, how conservative ideas put out over cable, social media. We are at the risk of extinction if we don't fight, folks. This is not a passive fight. You are going to have to do something and it's going to get a little bit uncomfortable. 
Now, what that something is, is up up to you. And I, I, I mean, obviously, we do handle everything peacefully. We're not the violent left. Right. But as Shapiro brings up in the piece, boycotts are stupid. They're stupid. Joe, Have we, we've acknowledged this many times, right? Many Shapiro's times, yeah. absolutely correct. Boycotts are dumb. You should be making economic purchasing decisions with your money on one thing and one thing only. If that product adds value to your life based on the money, you're about to forfeit for it, right? If a doctor adds yep. value to your life because he's going to fix your shoulder for stem cells and you're paying that doctor that money, then that worked for you. What the doctor's political thoughts are shouldn't matter at all. Right. You want to go buy uh, a bag of, I love these, uh, these buffalo wing pretzel chips. My daughter got me into them, now addicted. They, believe me, they add significant value to my life, folks. You have no idea. I love these things. I should not be buying them based on what the pretzel chip maker thinks about Donald Trump. Unfortunately, the left has started this war, and damn it, we are going to finish this. It is time to get involved and get off the couch, folks. This is a serious fight. We live in a very prosperous, I mean, wonderful time to be alive. We have everything from flat screen televisions to the biggest food problem in this country being obesity. We have cell phones. We have a wonderful, wonderful country with with outstanding transportation networks. Ah, we got a few potholes here and there, but trust me, travel around the world like I did and you will figure out you live in the greatest country on earth. You are free. We have a relatively corruption-free court system. We have good cops. We have a great military. We have a pretty darn decent economy. You live in the greatest place on earth, but it's time to get a little uncomfortable, and it's time to get big. As I always say, when we were training in the Secret Service and people were, were shooting at us with the sim rounds and we were pretending in, the, in these assault on principle exercises and drilling to protect the fake president in these exercises, they would always say, get big, get big, get big, never duck. You have to take the bullets for that, for that president. You have to take them. We all have to get big right now. It's time to go out there and get big and do something. And as Shapiro brings up this boycott and reverse boycotts and boycotting the boycotters are the way to do it. Mm. It sucks. I get it. He acknowledges it. I acknowledge it. This is dumb. But it's not a fight, Joe. It's yeah. not a fight we picked. No. We don't boycott. I don't boycott stuff. I'm only doing it as a counteraction to the left to show them the futility of boycotting. We don't. We, we, I'd rather not do this at all. This is the left's choosing. So I'm bringing this up because yesterday I was going down this until he blocked me, by the way, Angelo Caruso, known racist and anti-Semite for Media Matters. He blocked me because he's a coward. He's a pajama boy loser. You're a coward. Listen to me, Angelo, because I know someone tweeted you. Listen, I know you're listening today, too. You're a coward. Tell your parents I said that. (laughs) You're a coward. Tell mommy and daddy I called you a coward. And know, know this. There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Because that's what cowards do. They take it. Because you're a punk. And you're a coward. And you have no capability to do anything about it at all because you're a coward. You hear me? Tell mommy I said that. You're a loser. You're a disgrace. You're an embarrassment. I I said that to you. Me. You want my address? Email me. Stop on by. You're a coward. How does that feel to be so helpless? There's nothing you can do about that. You just have to sit back and take it like the wuss you are. Because you're a chump. So I've been going after Angelo Corazon. I went down his Twitter feed before he blocked me because he's such a chump. Mm-hmm. 
And I found out that there were other companies now, proudly, by the way, on social media, answering back a racist anti-Semite that, oh, yeah, we're going to pull our ads from Hannity, too. And one of them, (laughs) Joe, that answered to an anti-Semite on his Twitter feed, Angelo Corazon, was shocking. This is not a joke. Hebrew National. (laughs) You saw that? This isn't a joke, folks. Hebrew National is answering a known anti-Semite. All they had to do was read the article we put out there, the blogs or done some homework. They're answering a known anti-Semite. By the way, Hannity, who has been an avid supporter, of, and I get it, Hebrew National's name of the company. I'm not suggesting any way that it, the religious affiliate, even though the name of the company, they have more than enough employees who are not Jewish or anything. But my point is the name of the company is Hebrew National, and you, you, you're, follow, you're taking orders from an anti-Semite? In Angelo Corazon, oh, we're not going to run ads on Hamlet. Okay, so now I'm, I told them I demanded a response. They apparently think I'm kidding. I'm asking you, our, our, our thousands of you know, listeners out there, please do not buy Hebrew National. And please spread the word to your friends until we get a response from them as to why they are boycotting Sean Hannity, a patriotic American. Ask him. I, we want an answer, and we demand it now. Also, Hello Fresh. I don't. I've never heard of Hello Fresh before. Yesterday, apparently, it's some food delivery service. Yeah. You have it. Cancel it. They jumped on board the boycott train. We boycott right back, folks. Acknowledging all the time, as Shapiro did in his piece, and he's right. This is dumb. This is dumb. It's stupid. I get it. But you know what, folks? War is stupid. Is it not, Joe? War is pretty dumb. Yeah. Hey, guys, nice. let's get on a battlefield and kill each other. But war is a necessity because evil men want to do evil things to good people. And good people have to stand up and fight and potentially kill those evil men. War is dumb. And so is boycotting. And thankfully, it's not nearly as painful as the heroic men and women who get on the battlefield with patriotic hearts and defend us against the evil men out there that want to do us harm. I'm asking you a little thing. I'm asking you to tweet these people at Hebrew National and HelloFresh to Facebook these people, to boycott these people, and to tell all of your friends to do it too. Is this dumb? Absolutely. Are there good people who work there? Tons of them. But folks, this has to stop. It has to stop. And I'm sorry, we are now engaged in a guerrilla war. This is no longer the, uh, you know, Robert's Rules of Order, uh, you know, verbal combat here, folks. We are in a guerrilla war with these people for our, our, our very future. They are trying to get Fox off the air. They are trying to get Hannity off the air. They try to get me off the air. But I've got a, I've got a battle plan. My advertisers don't care because they know our products sell. Their products sell on our show. Mm-hmm. But, Joe, you and I have discussed this off, off of the podcast, but... Mm-hmm. Folks, you want to come after me? Come after my advertiser? Go right out. Go to a subscriber model. You're not going to hurt me one bit. I don't need to be a multimillionaire at all. I live a fine life because my audience allows me to do this, and I'm absolutely confident. If I had to, I could go to a subscriber model tomorrow. We'd be absolutely fine. Big double barrel middle finger to Media Matters and their racist anti-Semites. I don't care. You ain't hurting me. You're not going to hurt me one bit. I get it that this is bad, but we have got to fight back. HelloFresh and Hebrew National. Add them to your list with these other clowns too. Go to his his hashtag is um excuse me, his handle, Angelo Corazon, for those of you on Twitter, is at GoAngelo. So make sure you tweet him the article from the Daily Caller on my timeline about his blog too. And let everybody know what a racist and anti-Semite he is. Secondly, folks, this show is more about tactics and battle tactics here. 
Listen, there's some talk now about a special counsel being formed for Uranium One and the Clinton Foundation scandals. Yep. Joe, I have not changed my mind on special counsels because unlike Mm -hmm. the left, I'm not a hypocrite. These are bad ideas. These are bad ideas. Why do we have a special counsel? Why do we have a special counsel for the Trump-Russia X-Files conspiracy theory fairy tale? Why? We have a Department of Justice. When you have a special counsel and you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If you are a special counsel formed to find Russian collusion with the Trumps, you are going to find Russian collusion even if you have to fabricate it and invent the story at some point. I'm not saying invent the actual facts of the story, but in other words, with the Papadopoulos thing. The guy is a fibber, and this is all of a sudden indicative of this is what we formed the special counsel for to arrest the guy who lied under oath? Really? Special counsels are a bad idea. How does this relate to the Ben Shapiro piece and boycotts? So my my principal argument about the boycotts is I'm acknowledging to you they are stupid. I'm also acknowledging to you a lot of things are stupid, but a lot of things have to be done. And these boycotts and counter boycotts have to be done for us to fight this fight on the special counsel. Folks, I am all for a special counsel. I, I listen. I know this may sound hypocritical. But folks, we are in an existential fight to keep our ideas out there. I am for a special counsel on uranium run the Clinton, and the Clinton Foundation. Why? You, Dan, you just said uh, special counsels are a terrible idea. They're an awful idea. But as Shapiro stated in the piece, I, I'm quoting a lot of Ben Shapiro lately. Yeah. But as on last week's show, Joe, when we talked about the Roy Moore situation, mm-hmm. he eloquently and, and accurately brought up the idea of the prisoner's dilemma. In other words, the prisoner's dilemma applies here, too. If the rules, the prisoner's dilemma, by the way, is a trust and coordination issue, folks. In other words, why, why, is that, why does a prison exist? Why, do they, why don't the prisoners take over every prison in America, Joe? They wow. can, right? What do they outnumber the guards? 20 to 1? Easily, yes. Easy. So why is there a pro? Why don't the prisoners just coordinate? Well, thankfully, they don't. I'm not suggesting they do. But the problem is there's a trust and coordination issue. Right. What would happen? Well, you say, hey, guys, we're going to take over the prison tomorrow. Well, tr- criminal A doesn't trust criminal B because he's a criminal. So he's like, well, uh, um, I'll do it, but only if you do it. No, no, I'll do it. And then overnight, he starts sleeping. on. He goes, well, he's not going to do it. And if I do it, I'll be the one to get beaten up by the guards because no one else is going to do it. That's, the, in essence, the prisoner's dilemma. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the essence of the prisoner's dilemma is there's a trust and coordination issue. It's hard to coordinate amongst a number of people to do thing like do things like take over a prison. Now, with the Roy Moore issue, if you heard last week's show, the issue is so in Roy Moore, we say these if these charges are proved correct, he ne- he needs to go. Okay, All right. but the problem is the Democrats don't do the same thing. So now what are you left with? You have a guy, Robert Menendez, under federal trial for potentially committing bribery. We'll know the results of that soon. You have Bill Clinton. In other words, you have a number of people guilty of really horrendous things on the Democrat side. And yet we can't coordinate with them about the rules are. You see what I'm saying, Joe? Like if the rules were clear, like Democrat or Republican, you're guilty of bribery, sexual harassment, whatever it may be, you have to go. Good. I'm, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Absolutely. But the prisoner's dilemma here is we don't trust the Democrats, just like the prisoners don't tr- trust each other. Therefore, we're not going to coordinate a prison riot with them, in this case, rules, because we don't trust that they'll enforce them, just like the prisoners don't trust the other guy would riot. You get me, Joe? Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. what's going to happen is you expel your guys, and then what are you left with? 
Oh, the Democrats will go, oh, yeah, yeah, that thing we told you about getting rid of our guys who are sexual harassers and alleged uh, 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 bribe, bribe takers. Yeah, we were just kidding. We're going to keep our... So now what are you left with? You're left with a bunch of sexual harassers and bribers who are now Democrats. As I said to my wife last night, now you're, it's a double whammy. Now you're not only stuck with people who are harassers and alleged bribe takers, but they're also ideological enemies too. Right. This is a prisoner's dilemma to the special counsel. Yes, it's a crappy idea, just like a prison riot is, okay? It's a horrible idea. I stand by that. But if it's a horrible idea that is only applied to one side, i.e. Donald Trump in this situation with the special counsel for Trump Russia, and never applied to the other side that has potentially more dangerous situations on their hands, like the Clinton Foundation and the selling of our nuclear fuel, Joe, then we have a classic problem here where the bad stuff, i.e. special counsels, only happens to us. And the other side, by the way, Joe, just so you understand, there's a real penalty to this. The other side now understands they're completely immune to special counsel and it incentivizes them to call for more special counsels. Why, Joe? Because it's never going to affect them. Bada bing. It's only going to affect the other side. So now, folks, please understand this. It's not hypocritical what I'm saying. I'm telling you that special counsels are bad and boycotts are bad, but we still need them in these cases I'm talking about. Why? Because here are your two choices now. Special counsels are bad for the United States. But the question here, and don't ever forget this, is not what's good. Neither are good. Boycotts are bad, and the left, allowing the left to continue their boycotts are bad. The question is not what's good. The question is what's less bad. Don't forget that. That's the entire world of ethics has been formed around these questions. There would be no need for ethics courses if, you know, what's bad and good was always so obvious. Mm -hmm. But this is a Sophie's choice, right? This is one of those situations. What's less bad? Is it less bad in this situation to have a special counsel, which we already acknowledge sucks because they're going to find whatever you ask them to find, even if it's not there? Or is it less bad to have one side completely immune to special counsels that uses them as political weapons against the other side while never, ever suffering the ramifications of their own decisions themselves? I would argue it's the latter. My point here is, They stink, but the other side, Joe, now needs to feel how bad they stink. Mm -hmm. So I am recommending in strong terms that we take another crap misguided special counsel and we sick them on the Clintons and hopefully find out some stuff about what's going on with them. And maybe they'll figure out that having a hammer looking for a nail everywhere will always find something is a really, really bad idea. And folks, it's sad. It's a damn shame that this this is the world we live in. But make no mistake, the liberals started this fight. The liberals started this fight. We have to end it. It's time to get big, folks. All right. Today's show brought to you, everybody's at iTarget. I really uh, deeply appreciate all the feedback on this product. It has been uh, 
extraordinary, especially with the holiday season coming up. Folks, if you have, you don't need to be a firearm enthusiast or have a firearm enthusiast in your family. Just someone interested in, you know, learning how to operate a weapon, learning how to operate the firearm safely, first-time gun owners, long-time gun owners, you know, hunters, anyone, I cannot recommend enough. This is going to be the coolest Christmas gift you ever give someone. I know it's way out from Christmas, but I, they didn't tell I target didn't ask me to say this at all. I, I promise you. Sometimes I get suggestions from the, uh, from the sponsors, but I thought about this. Like if I got this gift, I'd be, I don't think I'd open it up. I would just like want to use it right away. Here, here's what this is. I mean, I tar- it's uh, the website, by the way, is itargetpro.com. That's a letter I, itargetpro.com. It's not tactical pro. Some lady said me, hey, I'm going to go get that. It's iTargetPro, iTargetPro.com. Here's what it is. It is a laser bullet that goes in into the the uh, the chamber of your gun and in, in the barrel. It's not going to hurt your weapon in any way. It's obviously not a bullet. It's not going to fire. But it, when you when the uh, when you depress the trigger, it emits a laser out of the front. It comes with a target and basically allows you to drive fire practice in the safety and security of your own home. You don't have to buy boxes of ammo. You don't have to go to the range. It allows you to perfect your trigger control and your sight alignment. I've got people sending me targets Mm -hmm. that are like, here's day one. And frankly, they're all over the place now. I don't know how far (laughs) they were shooting from, but they were, and then send me, here's day seven. And they're like knocking bullseyes out. Folks, this thing is the real deal. uh, There's a phone app for it. It'll track all your scores. You will not put this thing down. If you open it on Christmas, you're just going to wrap it to the box. You're going to rip it to the box and you're not going to, you're not going to put it down. It's a great product. Competitive shooters. People do this for a living. Dry fire meaning not at the range. They dry fire 10 times more than they live fire using live ammo. Folks, this is an amazing product. Please pick it up. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, itargetpro.com, and use promo code DAN, my name, D-A-N, and you'll save 10%. That's itargetpro.com. This is an awesome product. I got to get you one, Joe. Yeah, I got to talk to the iTarget guys because I like to get Joe the stuff too because he gives me his honest. You'll love it. It's amazing. I'm going to have him send you one. I sure could use the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could. Believe me, we all can. You know, listen, as someone said to me once, if you can bench press 315 pounds, you can bench press 316 pounds, right? <laughs> if you can shoot a, you know, a perfect score, you can shoot a more than perfect score by losing a quarter of an inch on that second round that went yeah. through the hole of the first round of your bullet. You can always get better. Hey, major league shout out to Congressman Rod Blum from Iowa One, by the way. I interviewed him on Hannity. It's a cool story, folks. Some of you may have heard the interview. I had him on with Jim Jordan, another strong guy out there. And uh, these guys are solid fiscal conservatives. I interviewed him when I was filling in for Hannity on the radio. And we got into a talk about tax revenue. And folks, many of you know one of my pet causes out there is debunking this silly liberal idea that income tax cuts in the past, whether they were under Ronald Reagan, under his tax cuts, George W. Bush, John F. Kennedy, whatever it may be, Calvin Coolidge. One of my pet peeves is this idea that it's going to cost the government revenue, despite no evidence whatsoever that that's actually happened. Now, what's particularly infuriating about this, as I was talking with, with, with the Congressman Blum on the, on the pieces, why does nobody bring this up? I mean, Joe, how many times have you heard from liberals? Oh, my gosh. We're the tax cuts. The government is going to cause massive deficits and debt and all that. Yeah, they say it all the time. Ad nauseum, yeah. Ad nauseum. And I always think to myself, frustratingly so, by the way, why does no one in Congress just go up on the floor and just say, like, hey, guys, 
Have you ever looked this up? Like, here are the tax tables. Here's a highlight. Here's the tax cut during the Reagan years. Here's the tax cut for the Bush years. And here's the tax revenue going up. So I said to the congressman, I said, Congressman, I'm telling you, I will blow that up on social media if you go to the House floor and you just put up a chart and show the America that the liberals are lying. Joe, this, this <laughs> is not hard to figure out, right? This is not hard. All you have to do is put, put up the government's own website so liberals won't say we made up the numbers, right? Just put it. This isn't difficult, guys. This is really easy. So I begged him. I said, Congressman, if someone does that, I'll blow it up on social media. Well, the congressman got back to Lauren from uh, the Hannity show. Mm-hmm. I love this guy. And he's like, yeah, we'll do that. We'll go on the House floor. <laughs> so I'm asking you a favor, folks. Please go follow him on Twitter if you're on Twitter. He is at Rod Blum. That's at R-O-D for Rod Blum, B-L-U-M. What a good guy, Iowa one. And uh, he's going to go to the House floor and supposedly do that. So major league shout out to him. Thank you, Rod Blum. I'm going to have him back when I host nationally. Yeah, man, hey. you deserve That is really cool of you to do because... Joe, don't let facts get in the way, you know, yeah. your uh, unbelievably stupid opinions if you're a liberal about taxes. You can say whatever you want, but you can't restate historical facts about tax revenue. And, and Joe, uh, you know, I asked you to download a cut. You got yeah. that cut ready? Yeah, man. You know, sometimes, folks, um, I'm going to get into a story in a second here about college campuses <laughs> and stuff. But um, you know what? I got to get the tax rates first. But when you argue with liberals... Sometimes you'll get a really smart liberal, right, when you're arguing with him, and he'll give you an unbelievably intelligent response to things like that. Like, hey, um, so you say tax cuts cost the government money. Can you show me where that's happened? And this is the response I get from the very intelligent liberals. Play that cut. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, <laughs> your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, let me tell you something. I have been doing this show now with Joe for, gosh, three years. Yeah. I have been dying to use that cut from the big Lebowski, from the dude, forever. And poor Joe is running a little late today because there was traffic coming from his, uh, his guy has like 10,000 jobs. He's coming from the radio show this morning. And I, I felt bad, but I go, dude, you have got to download this cut of the dude. Yeah. Joe, play that again. The liberal yeah, response. Yeah, Here's the liberal response, the intelligent liberal response to when you ask him a basic question about tax cuts. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, (laughs) your opinion, man. (laughs) Dude, you have so got to keep that on speed dial. That's it. Because what are they going to say? Hey, guys, there's a government chart of revenue when we cut taxes actually going up. So, um, again, just explain to me again how tax cuts cost the government money. Play that again, yeah. Joe. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> Congressman, just be Congressman Blum, be very careful. That is the, that's the comment you're going to get from the <laughs> House floor when you show that chart. What do you say to that? What do you say? Just look at the chart. Yeah, well... That's just your opinion, man. I have been dying for three years to use that. So we're going to keep that one on speed dial for frequent use. It's going to be up there with, what are you going to do? And up there with, uh, <laughs> well, it ain't safe to be no jive turkey this close to Thanksgiving. One of my, my favorite movie lines of all time. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, you're, you're. I, I bring it up. Uh, I actually was going to use that cut in relationship to a different, but I was on a roll, into a different piece I'm going to talk about, which I want to get to quickly here. There's a really good article in the, the Wall Street Journal today about, um, and I'll make it quick because the point he makes is quick, about the, the how, how do you describe it? The, the dissolving of, of uh, the disappearance is probably a better word. Um it's not an Alka-Seltzer tablet, after all. The disappearing of, of of ideological back and forth on college campuses. I mean, not a mystery, Joe, to anybody here. You know, the idea that the college campuses are dominated by liberals. And it wasn't always this way, by the way, folks. Yeah. And he, the author brings up a really fascinating point. I just wanted to put out there for you all. He says, normally, in a normal ideologically diverse situation, Leaders say of a conservative and a liberal movement, I know it's not that simple. You have libertarians and greens, but let's, for the sake of argument, just keep it simple, right, Joe? Mm -hmm. So in a normal environment, let's say you're in a room uh, with 100 people and whatever, 40% of them are conservative, 60% are liberals. I mean, it doesn't even have to be fair. It just has to be diverse enough where other ideas can get out. He said the leaders of those movements, as there's a back and forth, who emerge are typically the ones who can defend their arguments in the most effective way, Joe, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like I think in a diverse conservative podcasting environment, which we have now, you have really brilliant voices out there. You have Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin is a podcast. Um, You got a lot of, even on the left, you got Robert, uh, no, what's his name? Dave Rubin, or I think it's Dave Rubin, but Greg Gutfeld loves him. He's a really reasonable liberal. And from what I hear, a very nice guy. And he's a very popular podcast too. What you see in a competitive podcasting environment, thankfully, shows like this that you all listen to and I appreciate. And why do conservative podcasts like this succeed, Joe? Because we're not fakes or charlatans. Like we, we actually go out there and back stuff up by data. And when we're wrong, we correct it. I mean, we actually provide show notes that link to the stuff we talk about, right? We don't make this stuff up. He says, well, what's happening on college campuses is a real cancer, which is pretty obvious because what happens, Joe, when you have a college campus where, say, conservatives are outnumbered by liberals 10 to 1, Mm -hmm. you don't have that ideological back and forth. Therefore, the people on the 10 side, the liberal side that are overwhelming the conservatives, it's not the strongest advocates for the cause that wind up in leadership and in the loudest positions. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just the loudest people. There you go. Because they're never refuted. So it doesn't matter. The guy who just yells the loudest is the guy who gets the floor. Why, Joe? Because he yells the loudest. In a competitive back and forth, when the when the yellers and the screamers are refuted by conservatives who are also yelling and screaming back, it's the people who will be followed who are the ones who make make the most salient, uh, you know, powerful fact data based arguments that make sense to people. He says none of that's happening. The loudest voices are winning because they're not exposed because there's no one to expose them, which is really, really a wonderful thing to say. And he's right Mm -hmm. because he's accurate. He says this is the danger and this is the danger for the left as well. The danger has created a a, they've created is they've created an intellectual vacuum on their side where on this isolated college campus where liberals are isolated from opposing ideas, Joe, they're then sending these people out to argue in the real world where mm-hmm. conservatives exist and they are wholly and entirely unprepared, Joe. Yep. Because they've never been challenged. They've just learned to be loud. So he brings up in the piece to the author, which is great. I think it's two, two, uh, two bylines on it. He says, uh, uh, two authors, excuse me. In a piece. He says, uh, they say in the, in the, in the piece that 
this is why you're seeing this growth in violence and bogus charges of white supremacy and racism because they, Joe, they literally have nothing else. Right. They have never had to make a fast fact-based argument on, and here's where I tie this stuff together, on tax rates. All they've heard while they were yelling and screaming on college campuses, the rich should pay more. Tax rates cause a deficit and and, uh, growing national debt. No one has ever responded back and said, well, did you see this chart? Where does that happen? So they've never had to defend it. So now they're out in the real world, folks, and nobody in the real world wants to be wrong, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we're only human. You want to be right. Sure. So now these little baby snowflakes like Curacao, the racist anti-Semite, when they're exposed, what do they respond back with? Either violence, not Corazon's kid, guy's a twerp, um, and he's a coward. I just want to tell you one more time. How does that feel that there's nothing you can do about that? How does, gosh, is that, is that horrible? Listen, I, I, I don't want, I never, I, self-defense is, I would only use it in self-defense ever. But I'm proud to know at least I could defend myself. And even the toughest guy in the world, I know I'd at least give you a fight for a little while. Because I know what it feels like to be beaten on badly and it's not worth losing my pride over. How does it feel to be such a wuss that there's nothing you can do about it? But this is the Corazon problem. They don't have anything. So they either resort to violence with weapons, because God forbid they even use their hands in many cases, or they resort to charges of white supremacy and racism because that's all they have. It was an interesting piece. Now, he he leaves it off by saying that the left knows their theories are garbage, Joe. Mm Mm-hmm. They know that they can't back up their tax arguments. They know they can't back up their facts on government-controlled health care because it leads to rationing. They know they can't back up, back up their facts about government-controlled education, controlled education because the public schools are failing. So the only thing they can do is isolate and gaslight on college campuses, and the way they do it is by keeping the faculty and the thought leaders the loudest people in the room and suppressing conservative thought. Really, really wonderful piece. Um, you know, I'm always hesitant to put them in the show notes because it's subscriber only, but uh, it's a really good piece um, nonetheless. Check it out. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Big fan of these guys, folks. Love Brickhouse Nutrition. They were one of our first sponsors. I love Foundation. Uh, it, listen, I said to Miles when him and Adam, when they first started the company, I said, I can't really advertise a product if I don't try it. So I said, send me a bottle of foundation. What's foundation? It's a creatine ATP blend. It's the equivalent of having two extra gas tanks in the gym. You say two? Yeah, two. First, there's you, and then there's the creatine gas tank, and then there's the ATP gas tank, too. Now, you don't think this stuff is any good? You skeptical? Mm. Give it a try and do what I call the mirror test, right? Start it on a Monday, a Sunday, whatever it may be. Take a mental image of what you look like in a mirror. You want to take a picture? Take a picture. Uh, it's all about you. I'm afraid someone's going to steal them, so I don't take any <laughs> pictures, right? I'm really, I'm afraid that someone's going to hack in. But take a mental shot in your head about what you look like. Then come back seven days later. And by the way, take a note in the gym of how many reps you do, one of your favorite exercises. You're going to explode. You are going to look amazing. You're going to look up. I mean, it's it just, the, the effect, right? Little Joe loves this stuff. Yeah. Your son. Oh, yeah. This, it works for him. I got a nephew who wanted to drive up here to get a few bottles of it. The stuff is that good. I'm addicted to it. I think it's the greatest product out there for muscle development, for looking better. Go give it a shot. It's called Foundation. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Give it a shot. Again, it's called Foundation. Great product. All right. So I uh, there's another great piece this morning I saw um, in the journal about, uh, and it's something I've written about before. 
the title of the piece, A Conservative Review, unfortunately, it's no longer there. Uh, it was called Florida and Texas Win Again. But here's the gist of this, folks. Again, how liberals, uh, they, they, they just argue like the dude from the Big Lebowski, you know, hey, man, like, it's, your, it's just your opinion, man. They don't have anything, right? They'll say to you on one hand, that tax rates don't matter for investment and tax rates don't matter. They've said it over and over. Matter of fact, in the last few days, I've heard a number of prominent Democrats come out and say, oh, tax rates, if you would. And, and the gist of it is this. And their argument, Joe, is that, well, if we raise taxes on the rich, that that's not going to disincentivize them from working and producing more jobs. Right. In other yeah. words, tax rates don't matter. Right. Really? Yeah. Because I actually have evidence um, at your facts and yeah, we have facts and data and I know you're immune to all that kind of stuff. But let's just try this, okay? Right. So, journal as a piece. From 2012, Joe, to 2015, and I, I'm going to ask you a question at the end. It's not a trick. I'm going to name a few states, right. and I want you to tell me, Joe, what these states have in common oh, as I, like I quote this. to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, well, we've kind of won down this road before, and you living in Maryland and me living in Florida, you probably get where I'm going with this. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'll give you the numbers. The latest data. Da, 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 I love this stuff. 2015, <laughs> 2012 to 2015 data about the mass exodus from certain states here is how much money in adjusted gross income has fled these states now listeners and joe this is a, this is going to be a heavy ask i'm going to ask you to tell me what these states have in common okay all right 8.5 billion dollars in adjust grossed income has fled new jersey mental note okay. 6.2 billion dollars has fled Connecticut. This reminds me of uh, Private Parts, Howard Stern, when he's doing that like weird trivia contest with Robin and Fred and Jackie, and they get kicked mm-hmm. off the air. Okay. $13.6 billion has fled Illinois. Mm-mm. Now, Joe, Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. What political party dominates those three states? Oh, do you need a minute? Do you need a minute, Joe? No, I've got the answer right now. The answer is... Democrats! Democrats! Yes! <laughs> Joe is right again. Ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I just modulated out my microphone. I'm so excited. <laughs> Joe always cleans that up. I'll fix it. That's what he's... Joe's good like that. <laughs> Folks, again, liberals, these are just facts. Don't let them get in, your, in the way of your argument that tax rates don't matter. As people flee... High tax states. Now you may say, oh, that doesn't prove anything. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's go to a low tax state or a no tax state like where I live. There's no state income tax here down in the wonderful great state of Florida. Okay. Now, if tax rates don't matter, you say, well, they have no state tax, so nobody cares. So surely Florida's lost people, too. People are just leaving, Joe. That's just the explanation. It's not that they're leaving from blue states, Joe. They're just leaving everywhere. Yeah. They're going to Mars. It's like total recall. They're all going to Mars to meet up with Arnold Schwarzenegger and that female actress. I can never remember her name. They're just disappearing, Joe. They're being like Star Trek zapped into other dimensions, right? Yeah. Florida. So Florida must have lost billions too, right? Yeah. Eh, You'd be wrong because Florida has added an astonishing $39.3 billion and 50%, uh, 57%, excuse me, of the people who have moved into Florida make over $200,000 a year. Yeah, those are those are definitely not the one. You don't want to keep those evil rich people in your state, Joe. God forbid. Mm. You know, definitely get them out. Get them out. We we only want people in our state who don't earn money, right? That's the way this goes. Maryland, man. That's what's (laughs) happening in Maryland, too, as people flee. They'll be fleeing Virginia soon, too, now that the Democrats won. 
Folks, liberals, again, please don't let these facts get in the way of your stupid narrative that tax rates don't matter. Now, a couple things on this. Mm -hmm. This is going to get worse. Oh, wait, wait, one more thing. Let me just read from this piece in the journal because this is killer. Illinois is lobbying to, uh, or actually just passed a bump in their flat income tax rate to three to four point, back to 4.9%. Illinois, which is already in a massive $250 billion pension crisis. Yeah. Here's a quote from the journal. But the tax increase won't raise enough money to finance the state's $250 billion pension liability, unfunded pension liability. And the longtime goal of unions has been to enact a graduated income tax. The affluent know they'll get soaked eventually, the affluent in Illinois, that is, and are seeking shelter. Top earners, listen to this, folks. Top earners made up 47% of Illinois' income flight in 2015 compared to 33% four years earlier. This is astonishing, Joe. (laughs) Income taxes from the 306 Cook County Denizens, that's in Illinois, obviously, Mm -hmm. who decamped to Palm Beach down by me in 2015 with $258 million of income could have paid 200 and uh, 200 teacher salaries on their own. Folks, you think this isn't real? You think I'm you think I'm screwing around? You think I'm messing with you? You think this is a freaking joke sometimes? You live in Illinois, you're a union member, you don't understand basic economics. Listen, God bless you for working. I'm not knocking you for working, but I'm telling you right now, the state has bankrupted you. The state is bank if you were a I was a state employee. So don't tell me I'm speaking with forked tongue here, okay? I was a state employee. I worked city employee. I worked for the New York City Police Department. I was a federal government employee for the United States Secret Service. I saw the writing on the wall a long time ago. I'm telling you this. You have two choices right now. You can either negotiate on good faith and understand that you need economic growth first, not taxes, or you are going to lose your pension. There is no third option. Listen to what I'm telling you again, because I like you and I respect you and I mean this. People who've worked for the government are not the problem. You've worked. The fact that the folks, I'm being genuine here. I'm not trying to be like virtue signal Pollyannish. People who get up and put their work boots on and chose to work for the government are not an idiot. They go to work every day. The fact they took a government job isn't isn't they work. Okay. Yeah. The fact that the government made them promises that are absolutely impossible to keep is also not their fault either. But I'm telling you the real world right now. Here is the real world. There's no money. There is no money. So you can either negotiate in good faith with the understanding that you better cut taxes to grow the economy with any hope of recouping any of your investment in the government like they invested in you, or you'll get nothing in the long run. Because there's no money. There's no money. Do you really believe Illinois has a tax base? I just gave you the numbers. That is fleeing in mass. Do you really believe that the people who are left Middle and low income earners are going to provide the tax base to pay you $250 billion in pension money? Hmm. We don't need Jay Zabakis here for this. Although he'd be helpful. <laughs> we, folks, there's no money. I'm sorry. I under, I, folks, I worked for the state. I get it. I worked for the government. I'm telling, I had this talk with a detective friend of mine a little while ago who's getting ready to retire from the NYPD. He asked me what I should do. I said, I'm telling you, you're not going to get paid your pension. You're, enti- you're not. There's no money. You can negotiate in good faith and forget this tax hike thing because people are leaving. You, what are you going to do? Imprison them in your state? Mm-hmm. You can't get tax money for people who don't live there. Or you can go bankrupt.
Those are your only options. I'm sorry. Sorry to have to break the truth to you. Oh, boy. Oh, all right. One last story. This was a doozy, folks. Now, this I'm going to provide. I rarely do this. But there is a link from the New York Times. I know. I know. I hate giving them clicks. But, folks, yeah. this is a really important story. And I think, we, you know, at some point, I'm going to put the, my boycott of their material aside for a moment because it's a really frightening piece that I think you all um, should know about and hear about. Uh, it really scared me when I wrote it. When I read it. Excuse me. I didn't write it. This is one of those, wait, what, moments? Mm-hmm. There's a New York Times piece about this shady group out there. I don't know if you've heard of this, called the Shadow Brokers. Now, I hadn't heard this story before yesterday. It's a long piece. It's probably about 1,500, 2,000 words. It is worth you reading. It'll be at the show notes today. You know what these guys did, Joe? Hmm. Well, women, we don't even know. These Shadow Brokers stole all the hacking tools from the NSA. Now, in the the pieces, I know you're like, well, I, I don't mean to be like anticlimactic in the way, but read the piece if you think I'm making up how severe this is. The guy's like, you think Edward Snowden was bad? You think Snowden stole a lot of stuff? These guys stole nearly the entire portfolio from the NSA on all of the little loopholes to Windows and Linux and all of these different operating systems Whoa. that now foreign governments, foreign operators have and these shadow brokers are now using to break into computers in the United States. Even worse, folks. It says at the end of the piece that the head of the NSA at the time, Admiral Rogers, that he was not fired because Obama, this is the New York Times, folks. I'm not saying this. Obama was singularly obsessed with the Trump-Russia X-Files probe and knew Rogers had information or had some information that may be able to help them in their misguided efforts there. And that they kept Rogers on because of that. This is the New York Times. I'm not saying that. I don't know Mike Rogers. Folks, that's a pretty stunning revelation. That the entire NSA vault of hacking tools was basically fleeced by a bunch of operators who have it now. And that there was no disciplinary action taken because the Obama administration was distracted by the Russian X-Files investigation. Oh, my. Mm, 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 mm. Pretty fascinating stuff, folks. Tells you where the crazy Looney Tunes Obama administration was where the priorities were. Please read the piece. I know it's in the New York Times, but once in a while, Joe, once in a blue moon, they produce a piece of decent journalism. It's very rare that it happens, but it's definitely worth your time. I will put it in the uh, in the show notes today, so please give it a look. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please go to Bongino.com, read the show notes, or subscribe to our email list, and I will fire you out the show notes right to your mailbox. And follow Rod Blum on Twitter. Good man. Appreciate everything he's doing out there. See you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.